Amen. You may be seated. If the people that are coming for the baby dedication, you guys could please come forward. Praise God. Well, Jesus is wonderful. As they're coming, this is Jared and Kristen Schultes. Awesome couple. And they got a troop of kids. And was it now 10 and counting? Or? <laughs> but I'm just so glad that um, people are having kids that are the type that will value them and, and bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And um, that certainly is this couple. I've known them since they were, before they were married. Long time ago. But um, they're an awesome couple. And they just had a little one, Eliara. Eliara. And so she, we're going to be dedicating her this morning. You know, um, I like to talk about how valuable children are. And uh, a great truth that hit me one day was how that, um, you know, when God, when the earth cries out for answers to problems, God often sends that answer in a little baby. He did that with Moses. Israel cried out, and God sent a little baby, a Moses as a baby. The deliverer came as a baby. And when the world cried out for a Savior, the Savior of the world came as a baby. And that's why I think abortion is so bad, is because you could destroy, like, the, the cure for cancer. You could have destroyed it through, through abortion. Because it's not the killing of a baby, it's, it's more than that. It's the suffocating of a destiny. And so, you know, the greatest thing for children to grow up in an atmosphere of, of love and acceptance and, um, and an atmosphere where God's presence is and that God would not just, that, they would, that child would experience the favor of their parents, but that child would experience what God's purpose for that child has been since the beginning of time. And so, I mean, this little, I don't know, you know, it's amazing how many children are not planned. <laughs> by you. But they were planned by God. There are no accidents. I mean, you might think, well, that was an accident. No, that's not an accident. That child is, has destiny all over it, him or her. And this child has destiny all over her. And uh, we're, we're excited about. But I always ask the, the couple if they were, three questions. Sometimes I forget the questions. But, but, um, but if you guys will train this little girl up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Will you lead Ellie to receive Christ at a young age? And will you set before her the example of godly living? Okay, good. Thank you for answering those questions. So let's all stand together. You know, a lot of churches, um, you know, they, they um, sprinkle children, whatever. And I'm not hostile. I used to be more hostile, but I'm not anymore. I'm not, I'm not dogmatic. I'm not even puppy-matic. <laughs> but I just, I just feel like we should do what the Bible does. And when Jesus was here, you know, it doesn't say anywhere that he baptized children, but he did dedicate children. 
He laid, took them up in his hands and he laid his hands on them and he blessed them. And so I'm asking Linda if she'll come and do you think she'll let Linda? So say her name one more time. Eliara. Eliara. Wow, can't I remember names? Eliara. Well, Eliara, God loves you, young lady. So let's just stretch our hands out toward her. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for Eliara right now, Schultes. Lord, we just lay our hands on her. Lord, when you were on the earth, you, laid, you took children up in your arms and you blessed them. So right now, I just lay my hands on Eliara and I just declare a blessing over her. And Lord, I just declare over this family that there is a generational blessing. That the blessing of the Lord will go from generation to generation. That it doesn't stop with these children, but the children's children's children will be blessed until you come to the earth again, Jesus. We declare a blessing over this family. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we declare that Eliara will be well physically all the days of her life. That she will be alert mentally and that she will be a giant in your kingdom spiritually, Lord. Hallelujah, that she will know your ways, that she will be receptive and, and uh, be able to discern the voice and the wind of the Spirit of God. We just thank you, Lord, for that. And every gift and every talent and every calling that you place inside of this little girl, Lord, we just pray for an unwrapping of those gifts, Lord. An unwrapping, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we just declare in Jesus' name that any assignment the enemy would have against this child is broken in Jesus' name. And that she will live out her life, a fullness of, of days, and that she will be a blessing to this generation. We declare it now, and everybody agrees, say amen. 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 Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. I just felt like God was saying that there's a generational blessing. And I haven't said that before over everybody, but I felt that for you guys. I don't know why, but so we'll receive it, okay? God bless you guys. One of my favorite things is when we have baby dedications in church. You know, we, we have about 75 children in our children's church typically every Sunday. And probably another whole bunch in the sanctuary here, too. Man, it, kids are such a blessing. Uh, well, it's my privilege to receive God's tithes and our offerings this morning. And, um, boy, we've got some ushers here. And if you're giving cash and would like a tax receipt, just raise your hand and they'll get you an envelope so you can get that receipt. Uh, if you're making out checks, why it, it, it's Destiny Church, and um, boy, if you're if you're online watching or on television, and want to participate in our offering here, why the the address for the church is up there, um, and you can text to give too. That's very convenient. So that number is there also. Um, I always like to stand on some scripture when we're going to give, and you know one of my favorite characters in the Bible is Jacob. And, um, you know, he was the son of Isaac, the grandson of Abraham. And, and, and what I really like about uh, the story of Jacob, I mean, he had absolutely no religion. When, uh, when Jacob, uh, he became an adult and he lied to his father, he cheated his brother out of his birthright, so he, he was forced to flee from his home because the brother was, uh, had vowed to kill him. So his, his first night out on his own, why, why, he had an encounter with God. I mean, God showed up and... And, and met Jacob, uh, and Jacob, he didn't even bother to say hello. His dad and his granddad had taught him about the tithing covenant, and the very first thing he said to God is, I want you to bless me, and I'm going to give you the first 10% of everything you bless me with. 
And then um, that was pretty much it. Jacob went on his way. But God was so impressed with his expectation, his aggressive faith, that he, he made Jacob rich beyond Jacob's imagination. About 30 years later almost, while Jacob was coming back home, and he had marked the place where he had met God before, and so he went back to that place. And sure enough, God was there waiting for him. And when God showed up, why, why Jacob told God, man, um, this tithing covenant, you, you blessed me more than I can even imagine. When I met you before, all I had was a walking stick. And now, I, besides everything else, I got two armies. I mean, God had blessed him so much. But, but the next part is what I love about Jacob. He said, so, I want you to bless me more right now. And I'm not going to let you go until you do it. God was so impressed with Jacob's expectation and God's goodness and what God thought of him that God said, well, okay, he said, I'm going to change your name. You know, and at that time, a name was like a title and people knew what names meant. Well, the name Jacob meant deceiver. God said, I'm going to change your name to Israel, a prince with God. So that was his title from that time on. And with that title, I mean, Jacob could write his own ticket wherever he went. Because people recognize him. This is a prince with God. I'm, I'm going to help him. I'm going to bless him. Uh, man, he, he's a prince with God. And, and you know what that story makes me think about is that, man, I, I'd like to raise my level of expectation to where I could amaze God like Jacob did. You know, when we tithe, why, what God says about it, he says that he will open up the windows of heaven. Meaning we can reach right into heaven and take whatever we want if we tithe. But, and, but then he said, and I'm going to pour you out such a blessing, so much money that you can't even keep track of it all. That's what he's saying there. So, man, that, I, I want to raise my expectation. And I'm, I'm going to pray along that, those lines over our, our, our tithe and our offerings. And, and so if you'd like that, why, why just agree with me? Um, boy, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Father God, um, your promise that if we would tithe, man, we got things we want from heaven. We, in fact, we want to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And we can't do it without your blessing, without this partnership with you. So we reach into heaven today to take the things that we need to preach your good news to everyone everywhere. We, we receive your blessing poured out on us more than even we can keep track of. I mean, we got television time to buy. We, we, got, we got things to do to bring your kingdom to this earth. Man, thank you for, for uh, showing such confidence in us that you would partner with us in doing that. And, and also for everyone here that's given an offering above the tithe, why we agree that just like you said, they'll receive at least 100 times back what they're given. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, well ushers, you can serve the people. Um, I got a few announcements here. Our family service Wednesday nights. Um, this will be our second week uh, this Wednesday, starting at 6:30. We got a seven-week series going on, on on relationships. And boy, you know, it was so good this last Wednesday night. The thing I love about our church family here, and 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 we're just making it more so with this talking about relationships. I, I mean, when you come here, you can. You can let your hair down. You, you don't need to wear your Spanx when you come to Destiny Church. Uh, I mean, because we're, we're a family here. Uh, so, so you can be at home. 
And so Wednesday night at 6.30, uh, the, the, the youth meets over at Destiny Fitness. Um, ch children's program are here at the church at 6.30. We'll be done promptly by 8, so your kids can get to school the next morning. Um, we got prayer every Sunday morning at 9.15, uh, and that's in the mother's room, Sunday morning at 9.15. And then there's prayer for the ladies every Thursday morning here at the church at 10. Um, uh, today, you know, this is, uh, I, I didn't know if you know this, this special day, um, it, it's Pastor's Day. And so, so we're celebrating Pastor Steve today. And, and to, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Pastor Steve and Trish, and man, I'm sure you're, your feelings are just the same as me. I mean, I, I owe my family basically to Pastor Steve and Trish. And so just very appreciative. And to do that, we're having a luncheon today after church. Uh, uh, so dining room and back in the children's church area uh, for that. So we invite you to stick around for that. And, and, and boy, thanks, Pastor Steve. And then also, uh, same as every Sunday, why um, I'm at the back table in the lobby there. If you got... Uh, if you would like to give us your information, that's basically a phone number so that if there's something going on, we can get a hold of you or something gets canceled, we can get a hold of you. Also, if you have any questions about the church um, or, or any ideas to make things better, why, why just stop at the table and, and, and visit with me. But, man, we're going to have a good message today, I know, from Pastor Steve. Amen. Praise God. Didn't know that was coming, so, huh, interesting. But anyways, Pastor's Day, huh? That's interesting. I didn't know they had a pastor's day. But I guess that's what we're having today. Well, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them with me to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. I, I'm going to talk to you this morning about a subject. I titled it Identity Theft. Identity Theft. How many of you ever heard the expression identity theft? It's a big thing now. They're trying to, a lot of companies are trying to protect your identity and people are trying to steal it. Well, spiritually speaking, there is an identity theft that's going on. And, and I want you to be aware of it. I want you to know about it. You know, years ago, um, you know, if I, first of all, let me just say this. If there was, you know, if, I, if someone said to me, there's only like three or four topics that you have that you can teach people. New, I'm talking about new Christians now. I'm not talking about people that are not saved, but I'm talking about new Christians. And they said there's only three or four subject, topics you can teach new Christians, this would be one of them because it's that important. And uh, I remember the first time I ever heard somebody talk about identity, I, thought, I was sitting there thinking to myself, what does this have to do with anything? You know, I'm just sitting there thinking, identity. And uh, I thought, I mean, I can't imagine that this is a very important subject. And so I was just kind of, you know, just enduring the message until the preacher got to... Uh, the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. When he got to that point where the, Jesus was being tempted by the devil. How many remember that story? It's in Matthew 4, Luke chapter 4, where the, Jesus had fasted for 40 days. The tempter came to him and said, and this is what he said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. And, um, you know, if you remember that just 40 days earlier, when Jesus was baptized in the river Jordan, when he came up out of the water, God spoke from heaven and said, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. 
God said, God spoke out of heaven and said, you are my beloved son. That's who you are. You are the son of my love. You are my beloved son. In you, I'm well pleased. Now, you got to remember that Jesus was just starting his ministry. He hadn't done anything yet. He hadn't healed anybody. He hadn't cast out a devil. He hadn't done nothing yet. And it was just the start of his ministry. <clears throat> and, and he said, you are my beloved son. So in other words, Jesus started his ministry with the approval and the blessing of God. He started his ministry that way. He didn't, God didn't say, I'll wait until you turn, till things turn out, then I'll let you know how, what I think. But he started that. He, he goes, you have my approval, you have my favor before you start your ministry. But here's what's interesting. So then he goes into the wilderness where he's tempted of the devil. And here's the basis of Satan's temptation. And you've got to know something about the devil. There is a devil, by the way. And, there, and he doesn't have any new tricks. It's the same old, he's just kind of like, you know, it's the same old, same old. That he, he did back then, he'll do again. And so when I saw this, that Satan's attack was around identity, who Jesus was. He goes, if you are the son of God, now watch this attack. If you are the son of God, prove it. Prove who you are. Prove it to me. Prove that you are the son of God. And you know, that's, that's how the enemy attacks us today. So you're a Christian. Well, Christians don't do that, or Christians don't do this. And he will attack you on your identity because he does the same thing that he did back then. And so the, there is more spiritual warfare around identity than anything else. Amen. I'll amen my sermon. There is more spiritual warfare around identity than anything else. And, and the thing is, is that understanding our identity in Christ is the, one of the most important, if not the most important truth that you'll ever grasp. Because everything flows out of identity. Everything flows out of identity. Uh, our actions flow out of identity. We do things based on what we are. Remember last week I talked about, I talked about during the French Revolution, you know, that it, was a, it wasn't a revolution like our revolution. It was the revolution of the mob. Remember that? And, um, and after they killed the king and queen, they took their little, took the king's and queen's little boy. He was only like eight or 10 or something like that. And they tried to get him to sin. They tried to get him to do vile, vile things. And what happened was he would respond. He would respond, I don't do that. A king doesn't do that. He understood his identity. He goes, a king doesn't do that. A king doesn't act that way. Do you know that your behavior would change? If you, if you switched your identity from who you are right now to who you are in Christ Jesus, your, your actions would change. Your attitudes would change. Your, uh, your opt, your, you'd be more optimistic. Your, uh, your uh, work would change. Your perceptions would change. If you understood who you were in Christ Jesus. And so if I was going to teach new Christians or Christians anything, I would try to get this point across to them. I would try to convince them they, that, that you are what God says you are. You are what God says you are because God is the only, he is the only objective judge of who you are. Because, you know, if you ask yourself, who, who am I or what am I? Half the times the way you, people act, they don't even act like Christians. Right? Thank you for that one amen. From, nobody wants to own up to that. But I mean, I mean, I mean, there's some, there's some bad behavior among Christians. 
And so if you, if you base everything on your behavior and base everything on your track record, you say you're not a Christian. But you are, if you receive Christ into your life, you are what God says you are. And the only way that you can discover who you are, your identity, is to ask the one that created you. You ask somebody else, you know, it's, it's kind of funny, the story of Joseph. How many know that, that God made Joseph a, a deliverer, a ruler and a deliverer? And so, and, and so what happened was God revealed that to Joseph in some dreams. But the dreams were he saw all his brothers bowing down to him. Then the next one, he saw his brothers and his mom and dad bowing down to him. So he got so excited about this, who he was. I, gotta, I can't wait to tell you who I am. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ruler. I'm a deliverer, and you're all going to bow down to me. And, of course, they, they really got a witness on that. <laughs> they didn't like him to start out with. And then now he's talking about how he's going to deliver and he's going to do this, he's going to do that. But he got that from God, but he was unrecognizable. But it still was true of him. It still was true of what, of who, what God made him to be, right? But they couldn't see it because he had to go through a process before that emerged in his life. And so all of us here, God has made us to be something. And what has to happen is that we, we've got to discover from God our God-given perspective. You know, interesting, years ago, I read the story of, um, you know, in Luke chapter, I think it's chapter 1 or chapter 2, the story of the angel of the Lord coming to Elizabeth, or, or coming to Mary, and telling her that she's going to be the mother of the Christ child. And then the angel, so after he tells them that, the angel tells him, tells, uh, tells uh, Mary that, uh, your cousin Elizabeth is with child. And here's what's interesting about that, about that passage. It says, and she who is called barren is with child. And when I read that, that, those words just jumped out at me. And I thought to myself, wait a second, who called her barren? Well, people on the earth called her barren. And they called her barren because she had never produced, her womb had never produced any children. And it's like the Lord said, on earth, because of her track record, because of her lifestyle, because of what had happened to her circumstances, she was known as barren. But in heaven, she wasn't known that way. In heaven, she was known as the mother of John the Baptist. Amen. And you are known in heaven. Now, on earth, you might be known as something else. You know, it's kind of funny. Because how many know this? That we're always receiving negative input from people. In fact, I, just um, this week, I was riding my motorcycle. And I came up here by Erdahl, or before you get to Erdahl there. And there's a four-way, there's a two-way stop. And then a, a Highway 79 goes straight. And it, there's no stop sign there. You know where that is? Maybe some of you know where it is. So I was turning left. So I, I had my blinker on and I... I turned left, and just as I got around, there was two cars waiting there. And just as I got around, I hope it wasn't one of you guys that said this, but anyways, just as I got around there, the guy had his window down because it was hot, and he, he swore at me. I, won't, I asked my wife, I told, him what, I told my wife what he said to me. I said, is that a bad word? She goes, don't say that in church. Because <laughs> I was going to tell you what he said, what he called me. And so, <laughs> she goes, don't say that in church. So anyway, so I, I um, 
But here, here's my first impression. My first impression was to hit the brakes, turn around, go back, and say, what's your problem? You know, right? I mean, isn't that your first impression? You know, somebody rides your bumper. It's just like, it's, it's, it's like they're saying something to you. They're saying you're a, you're a, a terrible driver. You don't, can't find the gas pedal on your car. And so uh, get out of the way. You're worthless. I'm more important than you. I mean, you didn't know I got all that out of, out of somebody who's riding my bumper. But, but I, I, how many know that's true? There's always things coming at us. There's always things coming at us. There's information from the world. There's information from other people. There's a lack of acceptance. There's a lack of celebration. We all want to be celebrating. Some people aren't that excited about us. And, and so, I mean, I mean, I want to be liked, but not everybody likes me, which has really always been hard for me to understand. But, <laughs> but, it, but, but how many know that's true? We get negative feedback. And so what happens is, as you receive that negative feedback, if you let that define you, you'll get a warped picture of who you are. How many know what I'm talking? I'm not talking trash up here. I'm talking truth. You see, every one of us, every single one of us, we're born into this world with two questions. They're unspoken. The one question is, who am I? And the other question is, do I have value? See, the Bible says that God crowned man with glory and honor. In the beginning, God crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of his hands. So God made you for glory. He made you for honor. He made you to feel a sense of value and a sense of worth. But because we live in a fallen world, I mean, I remember one time I heard this guy going, he goes, uh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God why he made the mosquito. And I thought to myself, God didn't make the mosquito to be a mosquito. It became a mosquito. This is, <laughs> you say, where is that in the Bible? I'm making all this up. <laughs> but, but my thought is this. My thought is this is that all the creation reflected God's glory. And God's not a bloodsucker. And so I think before the fall, see, I think a mosquito became a bloodsucker after the fall. I think before the fall, they went, they went around and injected glory into people. I think they were, you're sitting there, a mosquito landed on you, and all of a sudden, whoa, whoa, I feel that, you know. You say, are you sure? I don't know, but it's a better theory than the one that God made little gnats to go around and suck your blood. It's not even, that's not even consistent with the nature of God. The, God. the Bible says that God is love, and love is giving. It's not sucking blood out of you and then leaving you with a little bit of malaria on the side. <laughs> but every single one of us, we're, we're, we're born with those two questions. Who am I? You know, like I said to you last week, I think it was, it was somebody who said this, Huckleberry Finn or somebody who said, the two greatest days in your life, one is your, the day of your birth, and the second day is when you find out why. Why, you, why you're born. You're born for a purpose, a divine purpose. God, you're not here by accident. You didn't just show up and God go, Steve, I don't know what to do with you. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, and this is part of, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but 
The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 that he chose us in him before the foundations of the world. There it is. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. How many have ever been, uh, uh, you know, you, when you're a kid, you know, they had teams, you know. What's the worst thing when they, when they start picking teams? What's the worst thing? Everybody, my, <laughs> you were chosen last too, huh? <laughs> I don't know if I ever was chosen last, but I mean, that's the worst thing. The, the guy goes, well, the guy goes, we've got two captains. He goes, I'll choose you. And it's getting, okay, it's getting kind of thin here. We've got only two people left. But at least let me be the second to the last, not the last. Right? And then they finally go, all right, all right. And then it's almost like, well, whatever, you know. It's like, it's almost like you're a whatever, you know. It's kind of like that. Well, the Bible says that God chose you in him. Everybody say the next word. Oh, come on. Can't you say it louder than that? Before, everybody shout before. 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 Yes, before. He chose you in him before the foundations of the world. That means you didn't get chosen last. You got chosen before. Amen. Praise God. We should shout about that. He, that you got chosen before. He picked you first. Amen. And so um, we're not like a, a mistake or we're not like an afterthought, even though the world can just continually and sometimes, you know, we grow up in situations that are less than desirable. You know, I think that every child needs to be, needs to not just to be loved, but to, to know they're loved. To know they're special. And I, I get frustrated with that word special because, you know, the way people throw it around. But you're special. You're special to God. Amen. And God has a purpose for you. If you're here breathing air, God has a purpose for you. God ordained that you would live at this time. I mean, I have a sermon. I haven't preached it for a long time, but it's called One in a Million. How many of you ever heard that one? A few of you have heard it. And, and one of the scenes in the, in the sermon, one of the scenes in the sermon, it's kind of graphic. But when you were conceived, there was millions and millions of little potential brothers and sisters that were, that were swimming around with you. And they didn't make it. But you made it. What does that tell you about yourself? You're a winner. I'm a winner. Where are they all? They couldn't, didn't have what it took. I, I'm a winner. Or, or the other thing, and God ordained that I'd make it. You are here by God's design. You are here on purpose, by, on God's, and God has a purpose for your life. He wanted you to live at this time, and whatever is going on in our world, God has equipped you to be an overcomer in this world. Amen. Amen. Not in yourself, but because of the things that he has provided for you. Amen. You know, it's interesting. If you read the account of Genesis, and you've got to read it carefully, but in the account of Genesis, it says that when God created everything, he would speak to the ground. He'd say, ground, you know, bring forth uh, trees and, and shrubs and all that stuff. He spoke to the ground. And then when he spoke to, the, spoke to the ground again, he said, let the ground bring forth animals and talk 
all these different animals. There it is right there. And then when he made, when he, then he, he spoke to the sea or the water and he said, let the water teem with all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, uh, an, or not animal life, uh, what, what is it, fish and stuff like that. Marine life, marine life. But here's the most important thing for you to see is that when God made you, when God made man, he spoke to himself. When he made trees, he spoke to the ground. When he made animals, he spoke to the ground. When he made fish, he spoke to the water. But when he made you, he said, let us make man. He spoke to himself. Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion. That's why the thing that you have to understand is that mankind or people are the crowning achievement of his creation. We were created to reflect his glory in the earth, to be his representatives, to do his will, to respond to him in worship and fellowship with him. And there's no other created being that holds the same class that a human does. But what happened is, and we all know about it, is that sin dethroned man, knocked him off of his place and the place that God had placed upon him and the responsibility that, but in Christ Jesus, God brought us back so that we could discover who we are. We could discover why we're here on this earth. And we could hear his voice and we could do what he's called us to do. Isn't that powerful? I want you to turn now to my verse I told you to turn. All that was just fluff. Let me get to some meat now, okay? And so the, 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 the focus of Satan's temptation is your identity. To get you to think that you're worthless. You're a big, fat, Loser. How many of you ever seen this? Remember when somebody, somebody did that to me one time? I thought, I, 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 and I didn't, I didn't know, you know, I didn't. I'm, I'm going, I just thought maybe they were from the town that had an L or something, you know. And that's, if you, let, if you listen to the voice of the enemy, when he's done with you, you'll just be the worst possible creature on God's green earth. You know, I heard this example one time. And I don't always have this much money, but I took. But how many know what this is? How many would like this? Not you? Okay, so is there anybody in this room right here that would not want this? You don't want it. Okay, good. But most of you would like this. If I was going to give this to you, most of you would like it, right? Okay, let me ask you a question. What if I did this? How many still want it? What if I threw it on the ground? How many would still want it? What if I stomped on it? What, how many would still want it? How many if I, just, if I just got it all wet and threw it out in the rain and buried it, how many would still want it? Why, even though all those things happened to it, why would you still want it? What? It still has value. And see, all of us in this room, we go through stuff in life. And what we, for, what we do when we go through stuff is we stop thinking we have value. We let other voices dictate to us who we are and, and, and do we have value. We let them. Why would you let crazy people like this guy that I drove by called me a, a short for Richard? <laughs> why? Why? My wife's going to kill me. <laughs> why, 
Why? 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 Drive by, drive along going, I'm, nope, I'm worthless. Why would I, why would you do that? Right? What I want to hear is I want to hear what God has to say about me. <laughs> I knew I had to get it in. <laughs> but look at Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, it says, And Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Well, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. So, I mean, all of those are, those are pretty good identities. I mean, those are men of God, prophets, holy men. But then he goes, But who do you say that I am? Notice what the question is here is over identity. You know, Jesus' identity was always controversial. You know, some people thought he was born, like in Roman, or John chapter 8, the Pharisees said, we were not born of fornication. Meaning that they, they believed he was. Because Mary was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she conceived the Christ child. And so it was always a controversial thing. And then when, the, when they, he would come and he would announce who he was, they'd say, this is Joseph's son. Who does he think he is? See, they always saw him after the flesh or knew him after the flesh. Or a lot of them did. But now hear what Jesus is saying. Yeah, but who do you say that I am? Some say I'm a prophet. Some say I'm Jeremiah, John the Baptist, all these guys. But who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Basically, what he's saying is you are Emmanuel. You are God in a human form. You are God and man becoming one. You are the one that all every Old Testament prophecy prophesied about. Every Old Testament story is about you. Everything focuses on you. You are the, you are the center of everything. And around you, everything evolves. You created the worlds in the beginning. You are, you are him. You are the one that we've waited for. You are him. And Jesus said to Simon Peter, or to Simon, he says, Simon, flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. So in other words, what he's saying to Peter is you got a revelation. You didn't listen to all those voices out there who are telling you who I am, but you got a revelation from God. You listen to God. You, you got what God says about me. But then he says this to him, and I say unto you, thou art, I say unto you that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So here's the thing. The minute that Peter identified who Jesus was, Jesus said who Peter was. But Peter's name was not Peter, it was Simon. Now if you look up the word Simon, because names back then had meaning, the word Simon means a listener or, or someone who, who hears, a listener. And it can have a good meaning, but it can also have the meaning of, of someone who, is, who, is a, who is, shifts back and forth because he listens to everything. He listens to everybody's opinions. And so some translations or some Bible scholars actually use the word Simon to mean a reed that's blown in the wind or shaken in the wind. So in other words, 
Simon's this guy who is, who is kind of unstable because he's listening to all these voices. It makes him unstable. He kind of shifts back and forth. He says, yeah, but this, yeah, yeah. And we can see that in his life. He's very, he's very uh, the first one to speak up. And he, sometimes he says dumb things. And sometimes he says good things. And he's kind of, but he's kind of an unstable guy. But Jesus said, you're, you're Simon Bar-Jonah. Actually, this is, gets kind of complicated. You guys want to hear this complicated stuff? Okay, so Bar-Jonah means son of Jonah. Jonah is short for John. Is a derivative of John. So son of John or Johnson. So Simon Johnson. So he was Norwegian. I'm just saying. I knew we were in there somewhere. Not making all that up, but I, I'll, I'll tell you when I make stuff up, okay? But, but that's what his name is, Simon, son of John, or son of J Jonah, or son of John. But, but they say that they say that, that, that Bar-Jonah can also mean somebody who is uh, a wine-bibber. And so they say it could be that he was raised by an alcoholic father. Now that's kind of a stretch, but, but here's, what I'm trying to, here's what I'm trying to say is that his name was Simon, which means one who listens and can mean unstable or shifting or goes this way and then goes that way. But Jesus said, but that's not, that's not who you really are, Simon. You're really Peter. Who's Peter? Rock. Rock is, you know, rocky. Let me go now. I mean, how many ever seen all the Rocky movies? I think they're still making them. Rocky 25. I like the Rocky movies, so don't make fun of them. But anyway, so, but, but the point here is that his nature is to be impetuous, to be unstable, to be pushed back and forth, going this way, going that way. But Jesus said, that's not who you are. You're Peter. You're a rock. And you're like, <laughs> it's like almost like, have you ever been in a prophecy place where a guy's prophesying, he's going, he's prophesying to somebody, and you know the guy, and you're going, eh, that's not it. <laughs> I mean, I've done that many times, and I'm like, what? I mean, I got a list that you could hit any one of the things on this list, and it would be right, but... What you just said was not on this list, because I know this guy. But how many of you know this? I might get excited over this point. How many of you know this? God doesn't see you as people see you. How many know that's true? God doesn't see you as people see you. On earth, Peter's track record might have been unstable and bouncing all over the place. But what, what God is saying, in heaven, Peter, Simon is known as Peter's solid rock. He's a, he's a rock I'm going to use in the future. And Peter became a rock because that, that's what his identity was. Isn't that true? Now, here's something that you have to understand. I know a lot of you are, are you paying attention to my sermon? Or are you looking at this $100 bill? Do I need to put this away? <laughs> You're wondering, who gets it? Me. And that was the only one that was in there, by the way. But here's a principle that you have to learn, is that God, first of all, doesn't see as we see. God doesn't see people as we see them. 
to, every, to, to God, every single person. How many ever get annoyed by people? I mean, that guy that called me that. Richard, yeah. I mean, come on. Don't you want to know who that guy is? If you're here this morning, I, I'm going to give it an altar call. You can get prayer. You know, one time, do you want to hear a funny story? So I used to take the kids to Disney. I don't know if John remembers this, but I used to take the kids to Disneyland and then Disney World. And you spend almost all of your time waiting in line for a ride that lasts, was it, 30 seconds? I mean, and then they'll tell you, standing right here, it's a 45-minute wait. 45 minutes. So here's what happens. I don't know if you've ever seen this happen, but somebody will get in line and they'll hold for like 20 people. That's an exaggeration. And, and so, um, so I'm sitting, so this happened, this actually happened. I'm cleansing my soul. I'm, so I'm standing there with my kids and I'm like, I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. And so a bunch of people got in line, like eight or ten people got in line. Somebody was holding their blood. I said, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> back of the <laughs> I made them all go to the back of the line, all of them. My wife's over there. She's embarrassed. She goes, why don't you witness to them now? <laughs> I wasn't in my new nature then. I was my fallen nature. So here's the thing. i got to close here. Did you guys get anything out of this? It's a pretty good sermon. It's, it's okay. So here, here's the thing. I want you to turn, and as we close, I kind of jumped ahead here. So, But turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. So here's what you want. Here's what you want to know, is you want to know what God says about you. Isn't, don't you? And there's an interesting phrase in scripture it's it's called in christ everybody say in christ Christ. now it says in christ in whom or in him over a hundred times in the new testament let me just say that again so you understand what i'm saying the phrase in christ in whom and in him appears over a hundred times in the new testament i think it's in in this verse um Somewhere, I think it's somewhere in there. In, oh, there it is right there. So, so start reading, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. There it is. Just as he chose us in him, there it is again, before the foundation of the world that we should be wholly blameless before him in love. He predestinated us to adoption as sons to himself through Jesus Christ according to the good pleasure of his will. So here's the thing. Of of those over a hundred times where he says in Christ, there's two of them right there, or in him, 35 times he tells you something about who you are. 35 times. In other words, that that you are loved. 
that you are accepted in the beloved. The word beloved is the same word that God, the angel spoke to, to Mary. It, it only appears two times in the New Testament. Once it was spoken to Mary and the other time spoken to you. That you are greatly loved. Look at your neighbor just out of the corner of your eye. Greatly loved. You are greatly loved and highly favored. Greatly loved. You can always tell the value that somebody places on something by what they're willing to pay for it. The value that somebody, I mean, have you ever met somebody and they go, yeah, I bought this. And you look at it and you go, what a piece of junk. Are you kidding me? And they go, yeah, I paid $10,000 for it. You, you need to be locked up. You, somebody needs to help you. You need counseling. You don't just need one counselor. You need a whole troop of counselors. You need a, a, a whole, you need a whole uh, a room full of counselors. That's what you need. You need help. But a, something's value is according to what someone's willing to pay for it. So let me ask you a question. I want you to think about this too. What is your value? See, it doesn't matter if you've been crumpled. It doesn't matter if you've been stomped on. It doesn't matter if you got wet. It doesn't matter if you've been buried. It doesn't matter what it is about you. What is your value? Your value is determined by what God was willing to pay for you. Because he says you were ransomed with a price. The precious blood of Jesus. Ransom means you were purchased with a price. And some people say, yeah, but maybe I got in the back door and he didn't notice. No. No. Nope. If you're a Christian this morning, guess what? He chose you first. Then he hunted you down. Yeah, my, my wife was the one that hounded me. He put it in your wife's heart to hound you. He orchestrated things until you came to the point where you, needed, you knew that you needed a Savior. And He chose you and He redeemed you and He saved you and He sanctified you and He put you in Christ Jesus and He's lavishing the, the treasures of His goodness upon your life. He chose you because He didn't want to live without you. That's the truth. Let's all stand together. So, don't listen to the guy don't listen to the guys in this world who when you drive by they scream a profanity at you. Don't listen to them. Because a lot of times they're just full of the devil. That's kind of what the conclusion I came out. He's just full of the devil, you know. Or maybe it was Jesus in me that just ticked him off. Maybe he saw this angelic look on my face as I was driving by my motorcycle. And he goes, I just hate that guy. Richard. Don't listen to those voices. Listen to God's voice. 
His voice is eternal. His voice is the only voice that really matters anyways. It's like living in a fallen world of crazy people. If God's talking to you and say, listen to what I'm saying. Pay attention. Listen to me. You'll have hope. You'll have faith. You'll have God's perspective. God's assessment. God's definition. God's identity that he's placed over your life. Isn't that a powerful thing you think about it? Because that God chose you in Christ before the foundations of the world. Chose you. He wanted you to live here. He wanted you to be alive at this time. There's a purpose he has for your life. Don't, don't let other voices shape your life define you, give you an identity. Don't let those voices, quiet those voices. You have a loving Heavenly Father. Let's, let's bow our heads just for a moment in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you that you loved us, you chose us in Christ before the foundations of the world. That you have a plan, a purpose for our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you had designs for us. You ordained for us to live. Thank you, Lord, that nothing, you said in your word that nothing can separate us from your love. Nothing. And Lord, right now we just pray, God, for a supernatural embrace, that we would experience your supernatural embrace, that we, are no, that we would know we are your children, God. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. Is there anybody here this morning that you have never... See, God made salvation a gift. He made salvation a gift. But gifts have to be received. And so you might be here, you might have heard about God's love and God's forgiveness, but you've never received it. And we receive by faith. We just say, Lord... Be merciful to me, a sinner. Come into my life and save me. I believe you died for me. You rose again from the dead. I confess you as my Lord. It's, it's receiving a gift. It's not difficult. But we do have to turn our back on our independent life and say, I'm going to surrender my life to you. If there's anybody here that you've never done that, but you'd like to do it this morning, could I just see your hand? I'm going to pray for you. Anybody in this room at all? All right, praise God. All right, I'm going to ask the counselor, prayer counselors to please come forward. How many of this, this prayer counselors, please come forward. How many of this message ministered to you? Could I see your hand? How many, no matter what I say, you're not going to raise your hand. Could I see your hand? <laughs> okay. But I just want you to be prayed for. And so if you have a, if you have a, a prayer request, like spiritual or anything. Sure, do you guys want to hear Stan sing? Okay, go ahead, Sam. Can you guys follow him? Okay. Well, I was, I uh, rewrote a, it's a rewrite on a song, Stick. What was it, Bernstein or whatever that guy was? He sang this, he wrote this song, and it was, 
he said, pay me my money down. It talks about, uh, you know, how he was a thief or whatever. And, and so I was thinking about that and how that, like Steve was talking about exactly, he comes and he steals our identity. But when we find out and hear the voice of God, he's got to pay it back. And so I just wrote this corny little song. <laughs> Pay me my money down. <laughs> Key of G. Well, I was just a young boy. I was in my teens. The devil came and he lied to me. He took my silver, then he took my gold. And threw me out into the cold, you know. Uh, there I was. I got down on my knees. I said, sweet Lord Jesus, he came to me. He said, let's go get what that devil stole. He's going to pay it back a hundredfold. So uh, pay me. Uh, pay me. Yeah, sing along. Uh, pay me my money down. I pay me and off to jail. I pay me my money down. I said, Lord, how are we going to do it? Oh, what's your plan? You got to show me what's in your hand. He said, the devil's a liar and he's a thief. No, he said, I, I've given you my kingdom. Now here's the key. Resist the devil and he will flee. So, uh, pay me, yeah. Uh, pay me, sing along, John. Uh, pay me my money down, yeah. Uh, pay me and off to jail. Uh, pay me my money down. One more time. Uh, pay me, uh, pay me, yeah. Uh, pay me my money down. Taking back my identity that was given to me by the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, I pay me, woo! I pay me, I pay me my money down. I pay me and off to jail. I pay me my money down. Uh, if you need prayer for anything, you know, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, as soon as I dismiss, come on up here. And then, um, I guess today, Kevin and Karen Schultz uh, brought the Sloppy Joes. So, raise your hand, Kevin. Is Karen around there? She so, if you really like them, thank him. If you, if you don't like him, just, no, I'm just kidding. I'm sure they're great. But anyways, so please join us for some food. Lord, thank you, God, that we can gather around your name and thank you for who you made us to be, Lord, your children. Thank you so much, God. And thank you, Lord, for giving us a new identity. And we thank you for your definition over our lives. Thank you. Let every one of us hear a clear voice that you, we are who you say we are. We thank you for it, Jesus. And bless this food and our fellowship in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen.
God bless you all. You're free to go.